5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Patrick Johnson on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, David Sawyer will be with us in a little bit. Storm Team 9 meteorologist. He's going to update us on what's going on with this uh, wintry weather, which all of a sudden has uh, shifted the uh, snow bullseye, it seems, right towards... uh, Greenville and much of uh, eastern and northeastern North Carolina. Uh, also, Brian Mole later on in the show, talking some college hoop with him. We'll give you our NFL picks tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to uh, be in best of mode because of the weather. But that may hinge on what David Sawyer tells us here tomorrow. But I think the, the prudent decision is for us to uh, just do a best of show tomorrow. Keep our guys off the road. Keep them safe because, you know, it, it's just, it's the, to me, it's the smart thing to do. But let's find out what's going to happen here uh, at uh, 501. I like the Tom Sawyer from Rush for the for David Sawyer. That was pretty clever, Philip, by the way. Philip Pilkey did produce it. Appreciate it. Hey, don't, 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 don't get all full of yourself. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, the phones where uh, the man I call Podge, the coach. David Sawyer, Storm Team 9, meteorologist Storm Team 9, and 9 on your side, our great media partners now here at IBX Media. Of course, we've been talking to David Sawyer for years on this show when it comes to anything that is uh, uh, snow or hurricane-related because he's he's, a, he's the very best. So uh, it's good to talk to you again. How's uh, ha- belated Happy New Year, and uh, hope the holidays were good to your family. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, always a, a pleasure to be on the air with you. And of course, uh, as you just pointed out, our uh, radio and TV partnership broadcasting with the uh, connection. And of course, uh, honored to have been a guest uh, many times on 94.3 The Game with you. Uh, as you said, uh, our our friendship goes way, way back, doesn't it, Patrick? You know, because of that great friendship and bond and you being a mentor to a, to a very young and may I say, full of himself, punk P-Man. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I think and these great segments, I think they were the precursor to this partnership between the companies. I think everybody heard this. They said, oh, if this is just the tip of the iceberg. This will be great if we... I hear you, we... P-Man. Yeah, I hear you, exactly. P-Man. Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, 24 hours ago, it looked like that Central North Carolina and maybe... Maybe Rocky Mount, we're going to get in on this act. And now, at least what I'm seeing, the bullseye for snow really looks to be uh, our listening area in a way. So uh, that's why we have you on. Give us the 411 of what's going on with this uh, wintry weather. Absolutely, Patrick. And again, appreciate the opportunity to be a part of your program this afternoon. Uh, Yes, we are looking for what uh, is being termed as a significant, uh, if not major, snowstorm or winter storm, I should say, for the 94.3 listening area. Yes, uh, a 
a mixed uh, mixed bag, if you will, of snow, sleet, freezing rain is going to be in the offing uh, beginning late tonight and then continuing all the way into Saturday morning. And I believe that's the operative phrase, Patrick. It's the longevity of this system as opposed to the severity or the intensity of the storm. You know, we, we look at severe weather as quick hitting and like a severe thunderstorm or, or tornado. Uh, we look at more long-term events, like if it's a slow-moving hurricane. Well, when winter weather happens, you can have those powerful winter storms that I know you are well-versed and familiar with all the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the weather jargon in eastern North Carolina with your number of years uh, being here. And so the nor'easter is how we end up. Uh, that's how we get the snow in eastern right. North Carolina in the wintertime. So with that being the case, as we've done historically, Patrick, what I'd love to do is give you the immediate forecast. Then yeah. as you've done uh, very so effectively, you will take me geographically around different parts of the listening area, and then I'll give you what the latest information is for that part of uh, the 94.3 listening area. So with that being our our, our standard practice how about if i give you the the lowdown and then we'll we'll uh, yeah. backtrack and see if you have right. any additional specifics all right before you do for those that are just joining we're five minutes into the show here on this thursday uh storm team nine meteorologist david sawyer incredible friend of the program uh is with us here he's gonna he's gonna run through this wintry event there is rain coming from our uh west it's moving easterly uh, it is breaking right. up a little bit in spots, but there's a lot of rain. And this is the leading edge of what is going to be a multi-day event. So I'll let you take it from there. Yes, indeed. And again, that longevity is our key ingredient uh, to why this could be significant, if not uh, a major winter storm for eastern North Carolina. So I'm going to divide the corridors up into Highway 70, Highway 264, and Highway 64. I think that's a good way to subdivide the uh, listening area and the viewing area for WNCT-TV and 94.3 The Game. Any area south of U.S. 70, we're looking for a more uh, uh, an icing event. Freezing rain is going to be the big, big keyword for areas south of U.S. 70. That would include Jones County, Onslow County, uh, Carteret County, over to Duplin County. For uh, Lenore, uh, Northern Craven, Western Beaufort, Pitt, Green, Wilson, Martin counties between U.S. 70 and U.S. Highway 264. Patrick, it's going to be a sleet and snow combination is going to be the main ingredients for this winter storm for areas in between Highway 70 and Highway 264. Then north of U.S. 64, that's where between 264 and 64, that's where the snow can really pile up, mostly a snow event north of Greenville, uh, into Martin County, north of U.S. Highway 64, and then on up toward the Virginia-North Carolina line. As you said at the beginning of the program, these areas actually could get walloped with over a half a foot of snow uh, before all said and done on Saturday morning. So the, the precipitation starts as rain this evening, changes over to freezing rain and some sleep late tonight. Then we're going to see a little bit of a transition, meaning the next impulse that's riding up this Arctic front We'll bring a next wave of precipitation Friday afternoon into Friday night, and that's where we're going to see the most significant winter precipitation across the listening area, where, again, for, say, the Greenville area, anywhere between two and four inches of snow and sleet could accumulate during this time period. Uh, South of of U.S. 264, more toward Kenston, uh, over toward Vanceboro, 
one to two inches of sleet and snow. And then the uh, again, back to the, the big event in southern portions of uh, eastern North Carolina, south of U.S. Highway 70. Patrick, I, I'm going to leave you not trying to wow or sensationalize. I, I'm just going to tell it like it is. Yeah. If the amount of freezing rain happens as the forecast is calling for, areas like Jacksonville, Richlands, uh, over to Havelock, and then back towards, say, um, say Trenton, and then on into Duplin County like Beulahville, could be seeing one-half to three-quarters of an inch of ice, oh. which oh, would gosh. cause major problems in many ways. Yeah, that's when you get into power outage territory and and in travelable or un, untravelable roads uh, territory. I, 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 you kind of took that question. I was going to ask you, with the areas we're talking ice, what do you expect? Now, I noticed uh, Carteret County, uh, perhaps you did mention Havelock, but maybe Newport areas like that. Is this is this are we going to have that there for the beaches, or is that going to be more of a rain situation just because of the proximity to the ocean? Right. Great question, Patrick. The answer to that is Western Carteret County could see accrual of some significant amounts of freezing rain and ice. Eastern Carteret County, say east of Morehead City, east of Beaufort, and the in the down east towns of Eastern Carteret County, looking more of a uh, a glaze of ice uh, with a little bit of sleet. But yes, west versus east is east is the way we'll uh, characterize right. Carteret gotcha. County. Southern Craven, Western uh, Carteret County, Southern Craven, Western Carteret will see the bullseye, not the bullseye, but the, the majority of the freezing rain, and then down East Carteret County. Really glad you brought Carteret County into uh, the conversation, Patrick. Yeah. Okay. David Sawyer, Storm Team 9 meteorologist with us. Now, when you say a lot of snow for Martin County and Northern Pitt County, and then you say two to four for Greenville, in other words, that's a very fine line up, let's say, Highway 11 from uh, Greenville to Bethel. Is that the dividing Perfectly. line? And yeah. is that the, would you, would you is that fair to say that's kind of the dividing line area? Maybe Bethel. I would I would say north of Northern Pitt County, uh, from Belvoir over to Bethel, and then uh, you know to to northeastern sections up toward Beargrass as you cross on over into Martin County. Those areas north is where the uh, the snowfall totals really could become appreciable. Uh, that would include. Uh, Washington County as well as we go over mm -hmm. uh, the county line into uh, Washington County, including Plymouth, and then, mm -hmm. of course, uh, even on up into Bertie County and the out what we call the Finger Counties, uh, including uh, Chihuahua County and all the way out toward the coast uh, in the northeastern sections. Uh, also, not to, uh, not to forget about uh, eastern Beaufort County, where uh, I would liken that more, Patrick, to maybe more on the on line of what, uh, say, Kenston to Vanceboro is going to get between one and two inches for uh, the mm -hmm. majority of Beaufort County and mainland mm -hmm. Hyde County and Terrell County about the same way. But circling back to your excellent uh, you know, geographical pinpoint, I'd say north of U.S. Highway 264, that would include Farmville to Greenville, uh, over toward Pactolis, areas north of Highway 264 to Highway 64, which of course goes from Rocky Mount to Williamston, that mm -hmm. zone would be uh, in the in the range of the uh, two to four inches of snow, and then above uh, the 264, um, on, or, or I'm sorry, above Highway 64, that's where mm -hmm. you could see that half inch of, of half a foot, uh, six inches of more or snow uh, north of U.S. Highway 64, north and east on in toward the Virginia-North Carolina line up around, say, a husky. I know you're not a DOT guy, but but this is also part of the science that is all of this. Um, 
the, the of course the roads retreated. You, we've seen it if you've been driving around. Yes. Uh, anywhere in eastern North Carolina, but then uh, this rain that's coming that does that stand to wash that away, or is that an effective deal as far as keeping main thoroughfares uh, treated and, and passable if they need to be? Right. Yeah, and and I echo your point. Hats off to uh, the DOT and all of our uh, uh, all of our men and women that are working so diligently, especially with you know staffing shortages. We know the situation with. Uh, COVID-19, materials, and that type of thing. Yes, I have really appreciated the diligence and the proactive nature of our uh, DOT uh, workers, officials that have gone out and done their best to coat our roads prior to the event. But to your question, yes, rain does pose a, a a partial issue with some of that being washed off. But I'm hopeful, uh, you know, the way they have done such a thorough job uh, based on what I've observed uh, of doing mm-hmm. that uh, road coverage with the uh, uh, with the salt coverage on our uh, roads and major thoroughfares, I am hopeful that it will help. But I will say also, Patrick, when you get down, uh, I, I'm I'm being your old chemistry teacher, <laughs> letting our <laughs> listeners in a little bit more on our our uh, background and friendship. As uh, I taught Patrick chemistry, uh, Patrick, you ask a good question with regard to that salt treatment because once the temperature gets into the teens, which we expect actually to happen Saturday night. That's all going to refreeze no matter what. So we are talking about road problems travel-wise really all the way through the weekend. So it's about 50 degrees today. Uh, It's going to start out as rain, uh, and there's a really very powerful cold front, as you just mentioned, behind uh, uh, all of this uh, this sort of initial wave of weather, and that's what's really uh, uh, matching up with, uh, as you put it, nor'easter, the low to to bring all this, and it's the perfect storm, if you will, pardon the pun. Uh, as far as roadways and, and, you know, the ground, will a lot of this melt early because I mean, it it was, we've been pretty warm in December. We've been by and large, pretty warm in January. And I mean, like today was not a, what I would consider like a frigid day. I mean, it was a cold day, but it was, you know, relatively comfortable, all things considered. So, uh, where, how much does that factor into any of this? And at what point does that sort of, if the ground temps are still pretty high, if the soil temps are pretty, at what point do they get overwhelmed? They will get overwhelmed, and yes, uh, right now, good to know that, yes, we have had some relatively mild air uh, so far in the late fall and early winter. And, of course, uh, <laughs> uh, Christmas and New Year's, uh, uh, walking around in shorts was, uh, was, was pretty <laughs> amazing, wasn't it, Patrick? And, uh, yeah. But uh, with respect to our, um, our, our current conditions, you're right. Um, in fact, I'm looking at a computer model right now. Uh, I felt like this would be somewhere you would like to discuss, and I'm really glad you've asked this question. I'd like to kind of give a timeline on the temperatures. If you I, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was about little, to go. Yeah, yeah, I was about to go there. So that, that kind of leads, I guess, to what I was talking. Timeline-wise, what are we looking at here as far as the temps and all of that? It's 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 spot on with where where you wanted to go with this, Patrick. So yes, this evening I'm still thinking the temperatures will stay above freezing. So from seven to around ten p.m. Uh, I'm using this computer model for uh, Pitt County now. Realizing again that we can extrapolate, or uh, you know, we can we can say if you move toward Wilson, uh, Raleigh, you could shave off about maybe three to five degrees off of what I'm saying here. The farther west you go, because you also pointed out at the top of the program, Patrick, this cold air, the Arctic air, is coming in from the west as this cold front crosses eastern North Carolina. So seven to ten p.m. going with temperatures Pitt County above freezing. Uh, looks like we're going to see the, the dip below 32 degrees after midnight, say around 2 a.m. And so, Patrick, mm-hmm. from around 2 a.m. on, 
the temperature will not get above freezing all the way through Saturday. So that's where I like the word you just used, overwhelmed. The ground will be overwhelmed with a persistent precipitation. That's hard to say. (laughs) Persistent precipitation over the next 24 to uh, 30 hours will overwhelm that uh, that break that we had off the top. And that's why we're thinking that there will be the significant ice accrual as well as uh, the accumulating sleet and snow, uh, which, of course, we're going to be monitoring all the way through the night and all the way through this event into early Saturday morning. Yeah. All right. So, uh, David Sawyer, Storm Team 9 is with us. Let's uh, let's just kind of run through this uh, again, if you want to do it geographically, sort of north of Greenville, the Greenville corridor between 264 and 70, and then maybe 70 on uh, southward towards the east. Uh, what are we looking at as far as, as totals? And then I do want to kind of go through a timeline of, you know, what to expect tonight. Etc. So, yep. uh, however you want to, however right you want to unfold all yep. that, I'll let you. I'll let you take it because you're the pro. Let's do that. Let's do. Let's go first with uh, with with totals and and type of precipitation with those totals, and then we can go through the timeline of what we expect precipitation wise with the timelines as you are uh, pointing out to to finish our conversation. Great idea there, Patrick. So here we go. First, let's talk snowfall uh, north of U.S. 64. That would include uh, western Martin County from Hamilton over toward Williamston and then to Plymouth, Columbia, northward. That's where we're going to see the most snow totals going right now between four and six inches of accumulated snow for the northern sections of uh, the coastal plain where we live. Between U.S. Highway 264 and 64, which would include Farmville, Greenville over toward Washington and then northern Beaufort County, two to three inches of accumulated snow and sleet, I think is a a fair forecast assessment for that region in between Highway 64 and Highway 264. Going from U.S. Highway 264 down to Highway 70, that would include Snow Hill, uh, and I would actually include Snow Hill more with the the same forecast that I just said for northern Pitt County. Uh, Okay. Southern Green, uh, Lenore County over toward... uh, Northern Craven County, that would include areas like uh, LaGrange, Kinston, Grifton, over toward Vanceboro, Aurora, thinking one to two inches of mostly sleet and some snow for these areas. And then south of U.S. Highway 70, the big story is going to be the freezing rain, the ice, which could exceed a half an inch of accumulated freezing rain on trees and power lines south of U.S. Highway 70, which indeed would cause, as you said, widespread power outages. And with cold temperatures, you know, when a hurricane causes a power outage, it's disruptive when it's just simply hot and humid. But when we're talking cold temperatures in the teens, that's when it really does get concerning, Patrick, with the potential Mm -hmm. for power outages, especially in the southern reaches of our listening area. So from, say, Wallace uh, over toward Richlands, Jacksonville, Newburn, Havelock, uh, say, Moorhead City, Emerald, uh, well, not say not Emerald Island since right on the coast, but just inland in western Carteret County over towards Sneeds Ferry, anywhere between a quarter up to a half an inch or more of ice. Big, big mm. deal for the southern portions of the listening area. Okay, timing of all this. Yes. You give me a time, and I'll give you a kind of an overview of where all it right. will be raining versus frozen. How about that? All right, what, expect, uh, what can we expect tonight? Okay, between now and midnight, it's going to be a slow movement of rain heading into the listening area from west to east. 
a transition over to some sleet and freezing rain after midnight for areas like Goldsboro, Snow Hill, Greenville to Rocky Mount, Wilson over toward Hamilton and Williamston. Rain south of that. Okay. And then what are we looking right, at, then, you yeah, know, kind of post-midnight through the day tomorrow? All right, let's go from there to dawn. So from, say, from midnight on to early uh, Friday morning, uh, thinking there's going to be some light drizzle, maybe some light snow or sleet for areas like uh, Mount Olive, Goldsboro, and Wayne County over toward Kenston, Snow Hill, Greenville, Washington, uh, Williamston, up toward Plymouth. That's where I think the frozen sleet and snow is going to be. Then we're looking more of an ice freezing rain situation. Aurora, Newburn, Jacksonville, down toward, uh, say, Beulahville in southern portions of Duplin County. Again, repeating your timeline between midnight and dawn or early mornings around 6 a.m. All right. And then what about uh, during the day, Friday? And, and just kind of take us, you know, Friday sunrise on through the duration of the event, if you don't mind. Excellent. Very good. Here's what I believe is going to happen, Patrick. That first wave of precipitation with the front will clear the coast, and I believe it is very possible we're going to see a lull or a decrease in the precipitation for the first part of Friday. But then after lunchtime, from lunchtime on through Friday evening, the second wave of moisture associated with another area of low pressure that's going to form along this Arctic front it's going to throw the moisture back over this Arctic air, and I believe the snow is going to pick back up again for areas like, uh, from, say, northern part of Duplin County to Lenore County to Pitt County to uh, western Beaufort County, Washington County, Martin County, over toward uh, Nash County, Edgecombe County, and Wilson County. That area north and west will see a, 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 a light to moderate snowfall throughout the afternoon and evening on Friday. Still going with sleet and freezing rain south and east of there. That would include Newburn, Havelock, Moorhead City, Jacksonville, Richlands. That's where the big ice accruals are possible. Uh, Patrick, I'm really, really hopeful that if we could just get a little bit colder air. Now, that sounds ironic, but if we could get mm -hmm. just a little bit colder air to, to come to the coast, that would mean more sleet for these areas like Jacksonville or Newburn and Havelock versus freezing rain. Because, again, Patrick, the big concern about the freezing rain is how much freezing rain happening right. of ice is going to cause significant uh, trees and, and power lines to come, come um, snapping down. That's, that's the yeah. big concern about that. And then, and then ending late Saturday, uh, Friday night into early Saturday, uh, precipitation ends, uh, say, by – 9 or 10 a.m. on Saturday and all moves on out. And then we're just dealing with, you know, trying to deal with the uh, the refreezes and also trying to get power right. back on for those that have lost power. Yeah, that's the big thing. Uh, hey, uh, I know these things are a little hard to pinpoint down. Winter weather in this part of the world has a lot of dynamics. It's, it's not real cut and dry like it might be in other parts of the country. But in, in about yes, 30 sir. seconds, do you feel pretty locked in on it? Because there was a big shift in just 24 hours where, again, this looked more like a, a kind of I-95 deal, and now it's shifted to the to the east. So what what is your you know confident level right now, and, and what wobbles could we expect? It, it, about 30 or 45 seconds. Okay, very good, Patrick. I am thinking a high high level of confidence that this event will happen. Uh, I have moderate to high confidence that what we have just discussed with our listeners uh, will be the the 
precipitation types. Um, I would say as far as the, the lower confidence levels, even though I'm reasonably confident about the totals that I just gave, I think that right. would be the only uh, still the wild card with regard to how much precipitation actually falls. I am confident, Patrick, if it does, if the precipitation comes as the models, the forecast models are saying, we're talking about a significant amount of accumulation. That's the key word, though. The precipitation has to overspread this Arctic air, and if it does, it will be a significant amount, and we are reasonably confident that that's going to happen. Gotcha. Uh, David Sawyer with the Storm Team 9, meteorologist. Uh, we appreciate it. We know you guys will be busy the next several days, so thanks for taking uh, a few minutes with us. We really appreciate it. Always a privilege, Patrick. Thanks so much for having me on the program. All right, you guys be safe and uh, make sure you have plenty of caffeine over there in Storm Team 9 for uh, the next few hours. <laughs> we'll, All right. we'll do. Great, great idea. Thanks a lot. There he goes, David Sawyer. All right, a uh, long segment there, but I thought it was comprehensive and it's important. And we're just, you know, I mean, weather's a big part of uh, of living in this part of the world, be it uh, dealing with hurricanes in, in the late uh, summer or fall or uh, dealing with... Uh, you know, these uh, these snow, I just, I, I, I detest snow. I'm not a fan of it. So uh, we are going to be in best of mode tomorrow. So that's a good thing. Uh, keep everybody home. Keep them safe. Uh, and uh, when we come back, uh, a quick update. Uh, we'll run through our NFL real quick. And then Brian Mole will join us to end out the uh, show here today. So a timeout. We'll come back and uh, give you our picks and get a uh, 94-3 The Game sports flash update. All ahead on the Patrick Johnson Show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. I'm Tim Sutton from Greenville Auto World. Trucks, 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 two-wheel drives, four-wheel drive, extended cabs, crew cabs, you name it, we have it. Late model, low mileage, all brands. 15 lenders to choose from for all of your financing options. Plus, we customize tires, rims, lift kits on site, no matter how large or small the job is. For an appointment, call us at Greenville Auto World on Charles Boulevard at 364-8730. I'm in the studio with my friend Sproul Alexander, who is the Senior Vice President for Town Insurance. And Sproul, people keep coming to Town Insurance. Tell us why. Henry, it's really simple. It's because of our insurance knowledge, our product choices, our ability to service our clients, and our community involvement. That's true. We see Town Insurance everywhere. But now let's talk about the choices. What kind of choices are there? What kind of insurance do you handle for people? Our choices are endless. No matter what kind of insurance that you may need, we can handle it for you. And we're talking about business. We're talking about health insurance. We're talking about home and auto, the whole gamut. Yes, sir. All right. So, folks, come to town. That's town insurance. And uh, tell us the telephone number they can reach you. 252-756-8300. And the website? Towninsurance.com, town with an E. Got to put that E on the town. Folks, now is the time to come to town. Town Insurance. 
Are you ready for a new career? An amazing company chose Greenville to be the home of their nationwide contact center. Victra is the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers, and Victra's Greenville contact center is growing rapidly. Victra is now hiring multiple positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, retail store support, customer care, and operations support. Benefits include incredible commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, and 401k matching. Victra is now hiring both full and part-time positions, and top performers earn $25 to $28 an hour. All of their sales and service opportunities are inbound only. No outbound cold calls, no telemarketing. You will earn top dollar for every sale you make while working in a fun environment with a team of motivated professionals. Visit pit-jobs.com to apply now. It's time to travel again, and it's time to enjoy the convenience of flying from Pitt Greenville Airport. Reservations are available now at AA.com. Whether you're flying for business or leisure, Pitt Greenville Airport and American Airlines can get you to Charlotte and then anywhere on the map. You can't beat the convenience of parking right next to the terminal and the short lines at ticketing and security. For your next trip, check out the great rates offered at AA.com and support your local Pitt Greenville Airport. Greenville's number one sports show is back. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. 4-2, 4-2, Bring that down a hair. You always play that so loud in my ears. 4-2, 4-2, 4-2. That's the record of everybody on our staff last week from the uh, playoffs. Idiotic pick with the Cardinals. Idiotic. Uh, so here we go, really quick, because we got to get to the mall. we got to get through this thing at the top of the hour. Uh, playoffs NFL, Bengals at Titans. I'm taking the Titans at three and a half. Niners at Packers. I want to go with the Niners because I like their running game against the Pack, but Packers at home, possibility of a little bit of snow. Uh, I'll take Green Bay minus the six. All entertainment purposes only, of course. Uh, I'm back and forth on this, but I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Since they're at home, they're going to do just enough to win. Two and a half. That's about right. And then uh, I'm going to take the Bills to beat the Chiefs. Chiefs are a one and a half point home. So I've got mine. What do you got, uh, Philip? I got a lot of agreeing with you, Patrick, because I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. I'm going to go Green Bay, Tampa, and uh, Buffalo. Okay, how about Ben? Is he there? Or do you have to He's write not. Him? He had to write him down. Ben has the Bengals, the Packers, the Rams, and the Chiefs. So he's the only one that's got faith in Patty. Okay. Boy, I tell you what, if Ben's right and we're wrong, Ben is going to win this thing. All right, we're going to get to Brian Mull in just a second right now. A quick update involving some uh, ECU baseball and Panthers news. Here's Phillip. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update. In ECU Sports News, Cliff Godwin announced today that Heath Blackman has been named the Director of Player Development for ECU Baseball. Kobe Borders Bortles will be the new volunteer assistant. 
Blake Hardegree will remain the director of basketball operations, and Austin Knight, who was named the pitching coach after the conclusion of last season, has been promoted to full-time assistant baseball coach. The Carolina Panthers have announced that Jay Gruden and Scotty Montgomery will be the two candidates brought back for a second interview as the team to looks to fill the offensive coordinator vacancy. In other NFL news, Bengals defensive end Trey Hendrickson has cleared concussion protocol and will play in Saturday night's game in Nashville. To the NBA, Kyrie Irving was fined $25,000 for directing obscene language towards a fan, and Lonzo Ball will have knee surgery, and he will be out for six to eight weeks. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. We'll be back with Brian Mole after this timeout. on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. Don't go through another year with that awful joint pain. Now there's an exciting new treatment available here using natural biologics. Regenerative solutions that can restore and repair damaged tissue in your joints. Hey, it's Patrick Johnson here. I'm talking about QC Kinetics. Now open here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in non-surgical regeneration. Highly concentrated natural biologics that can give you lasting relief. If you have pain in your knees, back, shoulders, hips, and you're tired of steroids, pain meds, and the talk of major surgery, this is the treatment you've been hoping for. Call the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today for a free consultation. Learn about how how natural biogenics can be used to get you moving again pain-free. Listen, don't let them keep giving you steroids, and don't let them tell you that surgery is your only option. Get a free second opinion at QC Kinetics. Do it now. Imagine life in 2022 without pain. Call QC Kinetics now. 252-756-PAIN. That's 252-756-7246. 252-756-PAIN. There have been many changes in the automotive world. At Phelps Chevrolet, the Phelps boys are here to take care of you. Mike, Daryl, and four of Mr. Phelps' grandsons, Wade, West, Allen, and Clay. You see, things at Phelps remain the same. The Phelps team has served Eastern North Carolina for over 50 years. We make your visit easy and fun. We are your neighbors, and that's what neighbors do. Phelps Chevrolet in Greenville. Like Mr. Phelps' great-granddaughter says, come in and get you one. You could set an alert on your phone to remind you about a doctor's visit. But the most effective reminders are a bit more personal. Mom, don't forget to schedule your mammogram. We love you. Honey, please, schedule that colonoscopy. We need you around here, all right? It's time to put your health first and schedule important annual screenings like mammograms and colonoscopies with Vitant Health. COVID-19 protocols are in place, and it's as safe as ever to partner with us to improve your health and well-being. Schedule your appointment today. Learn more at VitantHealth.com reminder. At U.S. Cellular, we can help everyone stay connected for less. And less also means more, as in more choice. Right now, you choose any phone and we make it free. Plus, get unlimited data for $30 a month with four lines. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply to uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. 
252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. cellular authorized agent. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Listen what I say. Brian Mull back with us, Patrick Johnson Show, on a Thursday. And again, due to the uh, impending winter weather, we're going to just go in best of mode tomorrow, which is fine with me. I, I need to, I need a little sleep, Mull. You know how it is this time of year. You gotta, I got a little load management this time of year. Got to catch up. And, and, and the good thing about your show is there's plenty of material from which to choose. Oh, boy. You just ain't whistling Dixie. And look, if you missed a moment or you just want to relive the magic, as I like to say, just uh, head on over to 943thegame.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast, and you should be able to pick up the Patrick Johnson Show podcast every day after the program. All right, Brian Mull, uh, college basketball writer extraordinaire, is uh, with us following uh, the game from about every angle uh, possible. Can he see you? Don't know if we'll see it this week. Well, I, I, actually, I think we could get a, a pretty good gauge on what's going on with the Pirates this weekend and their mental state. But can they recover from what happened the other night? Man, they're going to have to. You know, that's the the beauty of basketball is that you always get another opportunity, generally within a day or two, to to get back out there and dust yourself off after a uh, a, a, a tough loss or, or to, you know, Prove yourself after a big win, and obviously in this instance, uh, a, a very disappointing second half in overtime. The other night against the Golden Knights in Greenville, uh, offense just really shut down in the second half, and UCF started making threes from everywhere. And they're, They've got a tough road to hoe, if you will, going to Houston and Memphis back-to-back. I mean, Houston, obviously the – the class of the American and a team that uh, could play deep into March again, and then a, a hungry Memphis team that'll be a little bit, you know, more full strength than they were when they were in Greenville, most likely. So, uh, you know, the schedule, the schedule is always important. The timing of these games is always a big deal and, and matters. And this is a tough, tough stretch for the Pirates right now. Brian, what did you notice the other night in the second half? I mean, what, what went right, in your opinion, for UCF and what went so terribly wrong for ECU after uh, not even just a great first half? I mean, they for about 35 or so, maybe even 40 minutes of the game, they were actually playing fairly well, moving the ball and, and defensively. Yeah, I think, uh, as you all pointed out on the broadcast, the, the the loss of Suggs when he went down with uh, the injury there in the second half really hurt the Pirates on the defensive end. You know, losing losing a versatile six foot six defender, uh, you know, and a guy that could also get you some baskets. He had five assists in the game, so he was really helping the offense move uh, before that. And afterward, I felt like uh, defensively, UCF was able to exploit some mismatches. Got some really clean looks at the basket, and look, they have really good players. I mean, it's a top 100 team, uh, team that most expected to finish in the top tier of the American, and uh, certainly still has a possibility to do that. And uh, you know, on the offensive end, the, the 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 UCF size just shut down the lane, and uh, East Carolina settled for a lot of forced contested jump shots late in the shot clock, and 
that's never a good recipe, especially when you have a lead and you know, momentum. It's a, it's a powerful thing in college basketball and as good as ECU looked in the first half and as bad as UCF looked that, that certainly switched. And I, I just feel like the personnel, you know, East Carolina had some guys out there for a long time and some stretches that just, you know, they, they got, they got exploited a little bit. Not, not that uh, the, you know, Felton had a terrific game and, Certainly, Brandon Johnson's continued to play well, but uh, it, just matchup-wise, it favored UCF in the second half and overtime. College basketball writer Brian Mull with us here. Vance Jackson over the field, just a couple of free throws. I mean, I think we've seen why Vance Jackson uh, is a little star-crossed. I mean, you know, in a ten-day span, you saw him just get white hot shooting the three-ball at uh, Temple or excuse me, at Cincinnati, and then you see his toughness in the second half against Memphis after a slow first half, and then the other night he couldn't get anything going. So that was, you know, I like Vance Jackson as a player. He's added a lot to this program, in my opinion. He's a really good person, a really good kid, but, you know, that's that's kind of the Vance Vance Jackson microcosm in the last week and a half. Yeah, no doubt. Uh you know, as a coach, uh, coach controls the minutes, right? And uh, Vance Jackson got 30 minutes in that game, fourth most on the team. And for him to only take two shots, both of them three-pointers and miss and commit four turnovers, uh, just really a tough night for him. Uh, not a disappointing line all the way across and uh, was not able to keep up with some of the smaller, quicker UCF players, uh, you know, on the perimeter, uh, either, um, that was, that was a rough night for him. And, you know, you just need a little bit more consistency from your starters. You don't expect them to make all those threes that he made at Cincinnati every night, of course, but, um, he, on a rough night, he's still got to find a way to, to be productive. And, uh, one rebound for a six foot nine, 230 pound guy has got to be pretty disappointing for Joe Dooley as well. We got Brian Mull with his college basketball writer. And uh, he is going to be keeping an eye on everything this weekend. Big weekend of uh, college basketball uh, action. Of course, we had the Pirates at Houston, 6 o'clock on uh, Saturday. Uh, For Duke, chance to bounce back at home against uh, Syracuse. I would imagine in some circles uh, a fairly intriguing ticket as it's uh, Bayheim VK for the final time. Uh, Your mileage may vary on that, uh, that level of excitement. Nonetheless... Uh, I, I think we've got uh, an intriguing contest there, and it'll be interesting to see how Duke bounced back. What I ended up seeing the other night was the final seven minutes in the overtime, and I thought Duke played great. What I missed, at least seeing, was that Duke had a rough first 30 minutes or so of the game. Yeah, Duke played okay in the first half, um, shot the ball pretty well from three, which they haven't always done this season. But the first 10 minutes of the second half, they were terrible. And uh, fortunately for them, Florida State wasn't much better offensively during that stretch, but they created opportunities for themselves with offensive rebounds and driving to the basket and getting to the free throw line. And then Trevor Keels went down, which uh, kind of tightened up Duke's rotation even more and you know really didn't allow them to have their – their best five on the court uh, there down the stretch. Now I thought Jeremy Roach 
stepped up. Uh, AJ Griffin came in and hit a big shot uh, on a night where you know two big shots uh, when when he wasn't uh, particularly at his best either. And Bancaro was terrific down the stretch. Uh, I think they would have liked to have gotten the ball uh, to him, but Florida State did a good job denying him on that final possession and forced Wendell Moore to go into the, the lane and take a shot that got blocked. But uh, I thought Duke made a lot of winning plays in that game. Uh, you know, and, and saw different guys step up. Uh, you know, it's always tough when, uh, when, when, when free throws, you know, away from the basket like that makes such a big impact on the game late. But, uh, look, winning on the road is difficult. Uh, Florida State's a hungry team. Florida State's a team that's trying to build a resume and get into the NCAA tournament. And, uh, that's always been a, difficult matchup because Leonard Hamilton has a lot of depth and he's going to use that depth and uh, over the course of a 45 minute game maybe that was the difference all right more on the Knolls in a second Saturday night Tar Heels uh, at uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons uh, reeling a little bit although they have uh, they have uh, run off two in a row here uh, the Tar Heels okay at home awful on the road. I mean, they've just been embarrassing on the road. Miami embarrassed them. They were embarrassed by Kentucky on a neutral court. And, you know, it's interesting to hear. I heard a Tar Heel fan say yesterday, well, it's the you know, same guys from last year. What do you expect? Who recruited all these guys? The guy on the bench, Hubert. Yeah, right. And, and, and has a relationship with them. Uh, has been, you know, should know them very well by now through both recruiting and coaching them and uh, was the handpicked guy to, to replace Roy Williams. But when you look at this team defensively, uh, like you said, on the road against quality opponents or away from home against quality opponents, they've just been awful, uh, whether it's what Purdue or Tennessee or Kentucky did to them early in the season. Uh, even their performance on the road at Notre Dame was very lackluster. And then uh, to give up 85 points and, and be down by 27 in the first half at Miami uh, just makes you wonder about the competitiveness of the group, really. I mean, there's no way that Miami is 28 points better than North Carolina on any court. Uh, but I think their experience and toughness uh, was the difference in that game. And then, uh, you know, Carolina – kind of got punched in the mouth and, and just uh, didn't, didn't didn't punch back. And now we've got the biggest, most important UNC Wake Forest game that I can remember yeah. in, in some time. I mean, this game matters uh, not only to the ACC standings, but for both teams, uh, NCAA hopes. And uh, if you look at the resumes right now, you, you have a hard time convincing me that UNC has a better resume than Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, I mean, Wake has uh, – you know, really, uh, four losses and um, uh, LSU and Duke are two of them. So uh, you know, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty solid, pretty solid resume. But they need to they need to win some games as well. Brian Mole, college basketball writer, and uh, you can get him uh, at BG Mole on Twitter. Uh, by the way, Sunshine State uh, square off Florida State Miami two o'clock on uh, Saturday. Sneaky good, important game in the ACC early on. I think that'll be fun. Um, you know, just a comment on that. I just wanted to throw that out there. By the way, secondary market for the game at Cameron Indoor uh, is reading 212. I'm sure it's higher than that. 
They have a game at noon also Saturday in the ACC Virginia Tech at BC secondary market, two bucks. They'll pay you to come. Sounds like it. Uh, <laughs> I mean that's. Um, all right, let's uh, let me let me talk a little game of the of the night for you here tonight. I got a couple of uh, possibilities. Uh, SMU at Memphis seems like a biggie at seven o'clock on the Deuce. It is, yeah. SMU uh, had pretty lofty expectations entering the season. Um, you know, now at thirteen and four, four and one, very good offensive team. They've kind of beaten who they're supposed to in the American. Uh, no shame in losing at Cincinnati. Uh, they don't really have a lot of quality wins on their schedule. This is a great opportunity to, to pick one up. Uh, that will help them quad two probably there or, or, or possibly borderline quad one. I'm not certain, but uh, they they need to, uh, you know, they need to win the game. Memphis needs to win the game and uh, kind of jockeying there to, to stay in touch with Houston coming down the stretch. Both teams have, have a game left with them. If you're a night owl, 11 o'clock tonight on CBS Sports Network, does San Francisco have a shot against number one Gonzaga in their building? No. Okay. No, I mean, I mean, San Francisco's, Francisco's pretty good. This is it. San Francisco's very good. You know, fifteen and three. Uh, BYU and Loyola Chicago are two of their three losses. Those are both tournament teams. Um, the West Coast Conference is as good as it's ever been, with with three, if not four, teams with a legitimate shot. You hear their name called on Selection Sunday, but uh, you know the Zags—they don't lose at home in conference very often. Uh, you might be able to sneak one every once in a while on the road against, you know, when they're on the road. But uh, I, I, the, the, the Zags are they're going to be a 15, 14, 15 point favorite in that game. And I certainly would imagine that they will uh, they'll handle handle the Dons. Uh, you and I, for years, uh, covered the CAA uh, as you as a scribe, me as a broadcaster and then both as broadcasters. Uh, and occasionally we'll get that uh, call to, to head to CAA country and do something. UNC Wilmington at James Madison tonight in the CAA feels feels biggish, or at least kind of a big opportunity uh, for, for both, particularly UNCW. I think it gives JMU a chance in that conference to sort of to, to you know get back into things at home. Here's what I'm going to say, Mole. Um First of all, I mean, I don't even know where you find this on television. Mean, ESPN Bulgaria or something. I don't know. Uh, that's a whole other story for another time, uh, the CAA's mishandling of their media. But uh, you would see Dub at uh, JMU tonight, 7. Again, it seems biggy. It seems biggish to me. It, it is. Uh, UNCW was picked ninth in the preseason poll, which, uh, you know, this year, more than any, I'll tell you, you know, preseason polls are, are, are fairly meaningless, but uh, – Takeo Siddle in his second season has them off to a 3-0 and start in the CAA with a nice road win at Charleston earlier this week. And Shaquem Phillips is uh, really starting to come into his own. Uh, of course, was all, all freshmen in the uh, CAA two years ago. And then last year just struggled with injuries and illness and, uh, you know, the COVID year and just never really got on the court. But uh, they've moved him into a different role. Uh and he's playing off the ball and really has uh, developed his scoring, uh, has a beautiful mid-range game, and has become a very important part of, of their team and 
part of a strong perimeter trio, which, uh, as we know, uh, this time of year, guards win you games and um, they're defending at a pretty high level. And, you know, JMU is extremely talented. Mark Byington doing a terrific job there and turning that program around as, as well. But they're coming off a road loss. So, uh, in, you know, in all these leagues, you have to defend your home court. Uh, that, that game, uh, in what looks to be a very balanced CAA, very competitive CAA at the top, uh, that game will, is important. Uh, JMU, of course, ineligible for the CAA tournament because they are leaving the conference to join the Sun Belt. But they, would they, they could still get into the postseason. It, I mean, I'm just spitballing here. If they win the regular season, wouldn't they? But did weren't in the tournament. Do they go to the NIT then? How does that work? They do. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they, they still would receive the conference's automatic bid if they were to win the win the league and earn the de facto one seed even though they're not eligible for the target. Yeah, I, I got you. All right. I'm just looking at Sunday. Not a whole lot that excites me. Um, so I, Saturday seems to be the big uh, college uh, college hoops day uh, this week uh, with, with sort of the, the preferred and better matchups. All right. Uh, Brian Mull with us uh, here. Uh, Mr. Mull, great to talk to you as it always is. And uh, before you let you go, if you had to – this may have changed. It may not. Is there anybody in the mix, uh, or who are who are the? How many are in the mix for your final four right now? That's probably the best way to ask this. Mm, eight or ten. Okay. Anybody? Anybody that would surprise us? Really not. Uh, you know, as far as being able to win four consecutive games, uh, I think. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if a team out of the Big Ten, because they're going to be battle-tested as, as strong as that league is at the top. Uh, same goes with the Big 12. Um, but, you know, we're looking at the usual suspects in both of those leagues. But you're, uh, rolling, you're rolling Houston out there too, right? Yeah, I, I would put Houston in the mix. I'm a little down on Villanova. Um, you know, they lost to Marquette. By the way, Shaka Smart doing a great job at Marquette this year in his first season. Um I'm glad to see him rebound after a disappointing spell at Texas. But, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, this LSU team has been surprising because they're so good defensively, um, out of the SEC and, and the, the, the most exciting team to watch in the country, as far as I'm concerned, is Auburn. Uh, I watched their game with Georgia last night, which was a mismatch, but, uh, they, they're just, they check all the boxes for me and, uh, they have a huge game Saturday, uh, with Kentucky. All right, uh, feel good, uh, Ball. Be safe, and uh, we'll catch up with you uh, soon. Appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Everybody stay safe out there, and uh, we'll we'll catch you soon. There he goes, Brian Mall. Uh, we'll catch up uh, with him next week or uh, shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter. Uh, it is uh, a snow event coming to Greenville. Looks like that Friday night into Saturday is going to be it. Maybe a little bit of uh, sleet and what have you tonight. Some, uh, I think it's really going to accumulate. Might make the roads a little tough, but uh, mainly rain, and then it's going to really, really get cold. And, uh, you know, the big thing, according to, to David Sawyer, who joined us earlier on the show, was, uh, you know, really what Friday is going to be about. There'll be some precip around tomorrow. If you are uh, Highway 70 South, 
Uh, this looks like it's going to be kind of a major icing event down Richlands, Jacksonville, over to New Bern. I mean, this is probably uh, very concerning for a lot of people there. And, and a lot of freezing rain, a lot of sleet. And, and uh, Sawyer was saying it could have been several inches of ice. Oh, we got a couple minutes. Well, you can kill the music until we get about a minute out then. Oh, geez. Um, we've got uh, our picks in case you missed them. For the uh, NFL, Bengals, Titans, uh, Philip and I take the Titans, Bengals, uh, Ben. Uh, Niners, Packers, Philip and I take, uh, everybody took that, right? Everybody took the pack? Yeah, everybody took the Green Bay Packers. And then uh, Rams, Tampa Bay. Uh, Ben took the Rams. I'll tell you what, I'm going to change mine. I'm going, I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay. Philip and I took Tampa Bay, and then I'm taking the Bills. Just Philip Ben took the Chiefs. Yeah, let let Ben be alone in betting against Tom Brady. That's, don't that's don't the, go with uh, his the, ways. That is the only reason I am uh, not picking the Rams. It's the only reason. Um, we've got uh, coverage for you Monday uh, media day. Our plan is to have Cliff Godwin's comments for you live at noon. So we'll bring those to you on uh, Monday. Uh, at uh, noon, right here on ninety four three, the game. Then we'll join Adam Cole or uh, Adam Cole, Adam uh, Adam Gold in progress, uh, and uh, all of the other interviews that are accumulated during Media Day. We'll have them for you throughout the course of next week, but also break down a couple of them for you on uh, on Monday. So that'll be the Monday Patrick Johnson show. Don't forget ECU basketball. Pirates are in Houston. Here the game Saturday, one hundred seven nine WNCT at ninety four three. The game at six o'clock with a five thirty airtime. Uh, on those radio stations. We're taking tomorrow off because of the snow potential. Don't want anybody out on the roads. So it'll be a best of tomorrow. And then we'll be back Monday, 5 o'clock, with a fresh Patrick Johnson show. See you in the morning on Talk of the Town. Thanks to Brian Mole and David Sawyer and Philip. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Take a hit from a 300-pound linebacker and you better be wearing pads. Take a hit on the road and you better have good auto coverage. When you've got North Carolina Farm Bureau Auto Insurance, you've got the best local agents ready to help you bounce back. If you don't, well, you probably play football without a helmet, too. North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance. Helping you is what we do best. North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company. Farm Bureau Insurance of North Carolina, Inc. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company. Jackson, Mississippi. An independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. In Greenville, contact your local Farm Bureau agent for a quote for your car, home, life, or 
or your health. You'll be working with neighbors you can trust. People like Lynn Sugg and Justin Batts, these agents are dedicated to protecting your family and your dreams. These Farm Bureau agents are knowledgeable in a wide range of insurance products, but they are tuned in to the Greenville community. Again, contact Lynn Sugg or Justin Batts today at Farm Bureau Insurance in Greenville at 252-756-3165. That's 252-756-3165. You heard the saying, there are two things every American does, die and pay taxes. Well, there's a third, watch television. Listen, we all watch TV, but it doesn't need to be cable. With a new dish about the size of a pizza dish installed on your home, you have TV of the future. Did you know with this new home service, you can watch TV at home on any computer or tablet that has the internet, even on your phone. Watch TV anywhere in the country, all with this new Dish TV service. You can go on vacation and take your TV service with you, even let your kids watch it at college, all for one low price, locked in for two years, and guaranteed to be cheaper than your cable bill. Call right now. 800-476-6087. 800-476-6087. That's 800-476-6087. WRHTHD1 Farmville, Washington, Greenville. Crystal Clear FM Sports Talk 24-7, 365. Unless we forget to pay the power bill. 94-3, the game. 